What's Tech is supported by City Cards with Android Pay. Listening on your phone? Now you can pay while you listen. Using the same device. Just tap and go. Download the Android Pay app on Google Play or visit city.com slash Android Pay to get started. Android Pay is available for eligible city, consumer credit, and debit cards. So I think the most frustrating part about all of the sort of technical issues Pokemon Go has had, where it's, you know, sort of down for long stretches and sometimes you'll play it and it freezes, is that that is pretty much impossible to explain to a three-year-old. My daughter, she's really into the idea of the game. You know, we go for walks and it's like there's Pokemon hidden around her. Like I even very dangerously let her hold my phone so she can check the map and stuff. But yeah, she doesn't quite or doesn't at all understand the concept of, you know, the game is down or it's especially frustrating when you when you're catching a Pokemon and the ball freezes. Like right at that point she throws in and freezes. I don't think it's done enough to kind of ruin the magic for her, but mostly it's just because she doesn't understand what is happening at all. I never thought about this, but that's like Santa Claus, right? Like like if we if there was a Santa Claus app and you showed it to the child and the child believes it's real. And then it freezes, and you have to be like, oh, uh, um... Yeah. Well, you can't say it's, like, a server issue or that it's not real. You have to, like, create a lie inside of the fabric of the illusion. I I think the saving grace is that uh, I'm playing on Android and my wife is on iOS, so we can just, like, switch back and forth when it's down on one, uh, so it kind of works out. That's nice. Wow. I'm picturing a child losing faith that a Pikachu is not real it brings me immense sadness. Yeah, it's it's pretty depressing. Okay, let's we're going to only talk about happy things now. Pokémon. Hello and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from theverge.com. I am your humble host Christopher Thomas Plant and I am recording from New York City, right by uh, Broadway, uh, which is why I'm going to sing half of this show. Uh, I'm joined today by my friend and colleague, Andrew Webster, games editor at TheVerge.com. How are you doing? I am very well. I am unlikely to sing, but I'm good. <laughs> that is okay. We'll accept that. Um, today we're talking about Pokemon Go, the only thing that actually matters in the world anymore. Uh, everything else has faded into the background, and now all that remains is this single app. Uh, for for someone who apparently has not even watched the nightly or morning news, uh, let's start from the top. What is Pokemon Go? It is a video game uh, that you play on your phone. Um, it's out on Android and iOS. Uh, it launched last week and has taken over the world, despite the fact that it's actually only available officially in a few countries. It's out in the U.S. and Australia and it's coming to Europe as well. I think it's in the UK and Germany right now. Um, but the reason it is kind of this huge phenomenon is the sort of core idea of is it, it takes that idea that you will probably sing multiple times for the show that you got to catch them all from Pokemon and takes it and puts it into the real world. Um, so it uses a combination of uh, the kind of GPS functionality of your phone and augmented reality to make it like there are Pokemon all around you, um, you know, you can see a map that's a map of your surroundings, but also it has Pokemon and gyms where you can battle other people and uh, Pokestops, which are like kind of convenience stores, I guess. Um, 
And then every once in a while your phone will buzz and there's a Pokemon right there and you take out your phone and you, using the camera, you can see, you know, a Squirtle or a Pikachu on the sidewalk that you're walking on. So it's, it kind of takes this fantasy that, um, that the games and the shows have sort of instilled into many millions of people and kind of makes it real. Um, so it's basically like a, it, it's a spinoff. So it's sort of like a stripped down version of Pokemon. So it doesn't have a lot of the stuff you would maybe expect from, you know, the games from the DS and the Game Boy. Um, there's no story. Um, you know, the, the battles are pretty simple and you're not really training your Pokemon in any way. Um, so in some ways it's kind of a lesser experience, but um, one of the reasons the game's kind of blown up the way it has is because um, what it adds is this sort of social element because you're leaving your house, um, you're kind of interacting with other people to, to actually play this game. Um, you know, I live in Canada where the game isn't even out yet, and you know, I go for a walk to the park and I see people playing it, which is pretty crazy. That's Absurd. Uh, well, I mean, let's. This is a weird thing, right? Like, Pokemon is, especially for us, uh, as people, you know, who care about video games, has always been this huge thing. But it feels like this week, for the first time, uh, people could know about an individual game without actually knowing about the series. So, people have probably. Maybe millions of people, I think, this week have heard about Pokemon Go, have a general idea of what it is, but might not know what. Pokemon actually is. So uh, kind of like let's pull back even further and explain the general concept and I guess origin of the franchise. Um, The concept is pretty simple I guess. It's um, all the games take place in this kind of fictional world where these creatures called Pokemon um, they're like I think 700 and something of them now um, which are they're some of them are like animals, some some of them are like kind of like people in weird ways. Um, but they're kind of just like this integral piece of the fabric of everyday life in this kind of world. Um, and in the games, you always play as a Pokemon trainer, which is like a little kid who kind of sets out from home and goes on this grand adventure where he collects these creatures and or she and trains them and you battle them with other people. And it's kind of like this grand epic adventure. And yeah, it's pretty old. It was um, started in 96. So it's 20 years ago today. Um, And I guess kind of what the games did was take this, it's kind of similar to what Pokemon Go does for um, sort of mobile gaming and augmented reality gaming, which is the original Game Boy game took this concept of a turn-based role-playing game, which is this kind of complex idea, and distilled it into this really smart game that works for pretty much everyone. Like, kids could pick it up and play it. And they also did a ton of really smart stuff. Like, all of the games are available in uh, two versions, uh, which means you have to, you know, if you want to collect every Pokemon, you got to trade with your friends. And unlike a lot of games, the, one of the really cool things about Pokemon is that they're always kind of full of secrets. Uh, if you're a kid, you probably remember, like, at recess, talking about, like, the things that may or not be true about the game and kind of trading back and forth this information. And it was kind of a similar thing with the... There was a really popular animated show, which is still on, I believe, in a different sort of incarnation. But it was a show that was cool to watch, but it was also almost like a, a strategy guide in a way, and it would tell you information that you didn't get from the game and it just kind of created this idea of this huge, cohesive universe. That's really fascinating to me because... So there is this big, cohesive universe, right? And everything kind of feeds into each other. And 
Pokemon Go feels, I don't know, for me, like almost like a weird reboot because it doesn't take place in this fictional world. There's no real reference to it. It has its own secrets, but they're separate from all of that. So I, I, maybe maybe we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, but like to start to explain why that may be, can you talk about Niantic Labs? Is it Niantic, Niantic? I think it's Niantic. No, I think you're right. Think. Um, but yeah, but yeah, tell me a little bit about them and and kind of like how the hell this project came to be. Well, Niantic is they're a game studio. Um, it's only a couple years old. Um, they're based in San Francisco and they started in 2010. Um, and originally, it was actually uh, the company was actually a subsidiary of Google. And they're one of the I guess few sort of known game studios, well-known game studios that uh, focus entirely on AR gaming. Um, augmented reality gaming. So um, they had a couple games. Their biggest hit was this kind of sci-fi experience called Ingress, uh, which released in 2012, I believe. Um, But last year, the company sort of spun off from Google and became its own thing. And not long after that, it partnered with Nintendo and the Pokemon company to create this this game. The kind of interesting thing is that Google is still one of the investors in the studio along with uh, both Nintendo and the Pokemon company, which is kind of this separate entity that actually oversees everything Pokemon related, not in, including the stuff that's not games on Nintendo systems. You, you mentioned Ingress, and I've heard, I, this is the thing that I don't fully understand, but Ingress feeds into the design of Pokemon Go? Yeah, I guess you could call it sort of like a stepping stone in a way. Um, Ingress was similarly sort of like a location-based augmented reality game. Um, And it took place in this kind of sci-fi world where you had these two factions that were each kind of trying to control things. Um, And the way you did that was by visiting these portals, which were tied to real-world locations and, you know, special landmarks and whatnot. And, you know, you took control of them and, like, these two sides were constantly fighting back and forth and vying for it. It had this kind of really B-movie, sci-fi vibe, you know, like, all the players were called agents. And the two factions were the Enlightened and the Resistance. It's the kind of, I guess it's the kind of thing you could see, like, Kevin Sorbo starring in a TV show about. Um, and it was, <laughs> it was out um, in 2012, I think, on Android and a couple of years later on iOS. Um, so it's been around for a while and it's... It's not huge, but it's one of the first augmented reality games that kind of built up a sizable audience to allow it to last for so long across multiple platforms. Yeah. Let, uh, can you break down what augmented reality kind of is? I, I, I was trying to explain augmented reality to my parents uh, because obviously I feel like a lot of people probably got that call this week where their parents are like, Do you see, do, people care about the Pokemon. What, what is it? Um, because the news doesn't really know how to explain it in under two minutes. But the question that they had was like, do you have to wear that headset for this? Because they thought it was virtual reality. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I guess let, let's kind of walk through like what augmented reality is and how, and what the differences are between that and VR. I mean, I guess the simplest way to explain it is that it's like a way of sort of fusing a digital world with the real world. So, like, for a mobile game, you know, you, the, the game might use your phone's camera and you're using your phone like a window and you can see the real world, but there will be a digital object or something sort of overlaid on top of that. So, like, in Pokemon Go, you're walking down the sidewalk, you pull out your phone, and you're looking at the sidewalk, but there's a squirtle there. So that's how it works on mobile 
and most of these experiences are on mobile right now, uh, but there are headsets. Microsoft's HoloLens is kind of, I guess, the big one that may or not become a thing you own at one point. <laughs> and uh, the main difference from virtual reality, I guess, is that you know in VR, you're totally immersed in this virtual world, whereas with AR, the idea is that you are still present in the real world, but there are all these digital things sort of superimposed on top of that world. So, you know, if you play uh, Minecraft in VR, you're in a Minecraft world. If you play it in AR, you're kind of like playing with Minecraft bricks on top of like your living room table or something like that. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I've always felt like AR had the advantage long term in, in the success of Pokemon. There was so much hype for VR over the last four or five years. And it felt like AR was this kind of like sleeping giant and then vr launched and i mean it's done fine but doesn't feel like a mainstream thing yet and here this like kind of rough test of augmented reality launched and is just huge and i i i don't know i i kind of feel like that it's just because of ease of use like everybody has a phone (laughs) like in in it's like you can see the results right away and you're not putting a thing on your head that blinds you and deafens you. I don't know. It's just, it's really fascinating to me how with one thing, augmented reality, like, became relevant. I mean, it's easy, I guess, when that one thing is Pokemon. (laughs) That's the trick. Just partner with one of the biggest intellectual properties uh, that is in existence right now. Okay, well, I guess let's kind of jump off that. Why, Why do you think... Pokemon Go is so popular because like more people are probably at this point playing Pokemon Go than have ever played any Pokemon game would be my that would probably be my guess how many if, if we're at like 10 million sales well I mean so Pokemon is I looked this up this morning it's the third best-selling video game series of all time so it's like a 200 and something million I believe so I mean it's pretty big but I mean in terms of any individual game this is definitely bigger yeah and you know you could see the potential to it actually being as big as the whole series but i mean the reason as to why i guess is i think like anything that kind of explodes it's like a combination of things right i mean augmented reality has been around for a while and pokemon has been around for a while but like the two kind of fit together so perfectly that it like just makes sense to people like you don't have to explain what ar is to understand pokemon go you just have to understand that hey i get to go outside and catch a pokemon like it's 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 pretty simple to understand and it's you know there's already a base of people like millions millions of people who've kind of had this fantasy since they played the the games and watched the show and now there's this app that says hey you can actually do that i also think there are elements of pokemon that kind of work well to make it this sort of viral thing um we talked a bit before about how it's like this world is kind of full of mysteries and that kind of is still carries on with pokemon go like it's you know, most mobile games, they kind of tell you every single step of the way, like what you need to do. Pokemon Go has this very light tutorial and leaves a lot of it up to you. you. Kind of have to figure things out on your own. And that means you're, you know, there are people searching for information on the internet. When you go out and you play with other people, you know, you're talking about it kind of like when you were on the schoolyard years ago. Um, so it's like this really cool way of kind of socializing by sharing information and stuff. And I think that's helped 
it um, with the kind of like immediate viral feeling where it just like explodes and is everywhere. I think the other thing um, when you compare it to other AR games um, is that a lot of them are um, not very inviting. They're like super competitive. Like Ingress is, you know, these you're constantly sort of warring against this other faction and, you know, it's, it's very sort of competitive. And there are elements of that in Pokemon Go, but they're not necessary. Like, the main thing you're doing is walking around and catching Pokemon, and that is... And you're often doing it with friends, and that's, like, a very inviting thing. Like, people want to do that more than people want to, you know, fight for territory with strangers. Do... I mean, I guess this is, like, the big ultimate final question but do you do you think this will last or or how long do you think uh the popularity of the app will last i mean i think i think it could last for a very long time i mean you look at ingress and it's not that huge and it's been around for like four years now but i think you know to keep it as sort of big as it is and as big as it could be because you know keep in mind again that it's only in a few countries and it's still insanely popular you know, it, it needs some things to be added on to kind of make it um, sticky to kind of keep people coming back. Um, and some of that stuff's in the works already, the developer has said. So there's like being able to trade Pokemon with friends, which is kind of an integral part of the Pokemon experience. That's a thing that's coming. You know, but there are other things like, you know, being able to battle your friends and stuff like that. Um, and one thing I think would really help if they added it is, um, you know, some sort of like, quest or mission structure you know to give it a sense of structure so that you know people have a reason to come back every day um because there are things to do because right now it's kind of you know pretty open you kind of just do whatever you want and you know the good thing is that this is how sort of these free mobile experiences work you know you release a game and then if it turns out to be big you just keep building on it keep adding features um so i imagine you know, uh, Niantic kind of knows what they're doing. They've, they've built a few of these before, um, but that's the plan is you can just kind of keep building upon this and, uh, you know, help it grow and help it stay sort of uh, as big as it is. Yeah. I If they added just a traditional Pokemon single-player story to this game, <laughs> like where you just walked around and had that adventure but in the real world and it found a way to generate that for... A given neighborhood i think i would be in heaven so um, that, that, that's the problem that all sort of online games have i guess that they've been dealing with since like you know world of warcraft is you know when you have millions of people playing how can you make them all the sort of the hero the, yeah the hero the center of the story so I, I mean it'd be cool if they could do something I, it's just the <laughs> issue that people have been grappling with for a long time yeah, smart, far, far, far smarter people than I have tried to make a gajillion dollars off of that. Cool. Thanks for coming on and explaining this very popular and seemingly simple but also wildly complex thing. No problem. I uh, am always available to talk about Pokemon. I'm going to hold you to that <laughs> um, when our entire site just becomes a Pokemon website. Um, thank you to our producer, Andrew Marino. Thank you to you for listening. We are here every week on Tuesdays. You can find us on TheVerge.com. You can find us on your podcasting platform of choice. Uh, I recommend going to iTunes and leaving a review because it means that more people see the show. And when more people see the show, it's easier for us to produce more episodes, and it's just fantastic. Um, And while you're on iTunes, if you have uh, an iPhone, you can download Pokemon Go, assuming that somehow you have not done that already. 
Um, and that's it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -ba.